Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, uh, one thing real quick before I jump in. So next Sunday is uh, baptism and communion. If you haven't been with us, it's a good crowd, by the way. Uh, if you haven't been with us in a while um, or since we've done uh, communion and baptism, we, we make a day of it. We make the whole service about baptism and communion. We celebrate that. We don't, we don't try to build anything around it. We just we highlight that, and we, uh, we just do the whole service. Pax and I, we, we do worship and everything around communion. So if you haven't been a part of that, come be a part of that. If you, if you know some folks, uh, bring them. It's a beautiful Sunday to be together. And by the way, the next time we do that after next Sunday will be candlelight. And so it is coming quick, so you might want to get your list ready. All right. Um, but so today, experiencing God. So we've been in, this is week four, but reality number three. Because I did a little intro at the beginning, but experiencing God is a series that we're in. Today's reality, I want to look at the diagram, the guys have that up. So these are the seven realities of experiencing God. Basically, if you haven't been with us, this is kind of taken uh, around Moses' life. And, and, and here's what I want you to understand. The way he spoke here is how he speaks today. He hasn't changed the way he speaks. still speaks the same way to his people. And so, so we went through these. So the, the, the first reality is God's at work. I hope by now you've got on to the fact that God is always at work. I mean always. Whether we see it, that's not the point. The point is he's always working. What we've got to do is work on our glasses. But he's always at work, okay? His number one work is to redeem his people. That's what he's after in creation is to redeem us through salvation to him. Jesus went to the cross to redeem you and me back to the Father. Okay, that's what he's after. He's about and after relationship. Okay, hopefully today I'm talking to many people who have come to a time in their life where they've given their life to Christ and they are born again. They're saved. They're in a relationship with Jesus. If not, you're in a good place today. You can meet him today. All right. Uh, so today we're talking about invitation. The deal in invitation is God's always at work. We, we are in relationship with the Father, okay, through Jesus. And then he, this is crazy, but he invites you and me to join him in his work. That's just crazy, all right? Because some of us are like, seriously, I can barely tie my shoe, and you want me to help you with the kingdom? Yes, this is the way God set it up. In his sovereignty, he said, I'm going to set it up this way that I use my people to do it. And so God's invitation goes out to us. God invites you and me to become involved with him in his work. That is crazy, but also the coolest thing in the world. The coolest thing in the world. God is a sovereign ruler of the universe. He's been working through history 
to accomplish his purpose from day one. Now, he doesn't ask you to dream dreams for him. He doesn't ask you to do your best for him. He doesn't ask you to try your hardest for him. And he doesn't invite you to set magnificent goals and then pray that he helps you achieve them. You're like, well, Pastor, those are, what do you mean he doesn't do that? that those are good things. Those are good things. They're just not God things. See, you can have good things, but aren't God things. Let me help you with this. He doesn't want you to dream dreams for him. You know why? <laughs> because your dreams are too small. Your dreams are too small. You think that your dream trumped God's dream for you? There ain't no way. Before you took your first breath, he said, I've got a plan in motion for you. I've got a dream for you, my dream. I need you to tap into my dream for you. Isn't that cool? I don't have to dream a dream and say, God, this is my dream. Will you bless it? And God's like, that's a little dream. I got a big old dream. Won't you jump in with me? I'm going to knock your sandals off. You see my dream. He doesn't ask you to do your best. He doesn't ask us to do at all. What does he ask us to do? To be. Just be. Just be with me. Just be. When you sit with me, see where I'm working, then you go. You don't have to worry about doing your best, all right? He doesn't ask you to try your hardest. It's not by works, so any man may boast. As a matter of fact, he uses you in your weakness, is what he told Paul. When I am weak, I'm strong. He doesn't invite you to set magnificent goals and then ask him to pray. God, here's my goal, and I want you to bless this. What if that's not even God's goal? Why is God going to bless something that's not his? Well, it's mine, and he loves me. Well, yes, he loves you, but your goals are not his goals. Do his goals. Dream his dreams. Go to Isaiah chapter 55 with me real fast. We, we looked at this earlier a couple weeks ago. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. This is a great passage and we read it fairly often, but I don't know that we really get our little peanut around it. I want you to look at this. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. <laughs> we think, yeah, my neighbor should hear that. That ain't for your neighbor. It's for you, okay? We are. How many times you sit in church and you hear a scripture and you go, I wish they were here today to hear that. <laughs> They're not here. You are. Oh, what's that mean? Well, <laughs> that means God in his sovereignty wanted you to hear that. That's what that means. Oh, well, can I share it with them later? Yeah, after you get it. Because many times we share stuff we don't even get for us. We share it for somebody else. And then we go, wow, they're really they're doing great in their walk with the Lord. And I'm struggling. Because you keep giving all your words away. 
do yours. Declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So are my dreams are higher than your dreams. Oh, that's what he's after. So we need to see this slide. God already, pop that slide up, guys. God already has his own agenda when he approaches you. There's two truths there you can't miss. God already has his own agenda. Joel said it best. It's not about me. When we figure out that the sovereign God is working his plan and then he invites you to come in, that is not your plan. It's his plan. And it's not for us to go, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way. I, I think we ought to do it this way. It's not up for discussion. God's agenda, God's plan. As he, when he approaches you, he's already got it in motion. See, some of you think you bought a house because you got a great deal and you loved your realtor. You got that house because God's plan to set you there was already in motion. And then he either puts you around the people he wants you around or he's about to move them in and put them around you. Well, I've never seen my neighborhood like that. Well, you need to open your spiritual eyes, right? Y'all think the barking dog next door is punishment from God. What it is is he wants you to go over there and talk to them about the barking dog because neither one of them have a relationship with the Lord and God's going to use you to touch their lives. Oh, so I can't keep shooting at the dog? Well, that's not going to help them come to Christ. It's a bigger picture than what you see. We are too, we're too narrow with our thinking. God is about a big old plan, and it's about to redeem him, redeem the world to him. And we're a part of it. We're just, you don't get that waiter or waitresses that you get. They're not punishment. I know you think they are. They're not. Before you get into them and, and make their day a little bit more miserable than it already is, why don't you, before you pray for your meal, ask them if there's anything they can, that you can pray for them about. What that food tastes like really won't matter after that. You've just touched heaven. Let heaven come down. It will if you ask it. These are two big truths. God, the infinite wise Lord of all creation, already has a plan. I hope you understand that. And the plan is bigger than your plan. The almighty king of kings approaches you. He has chosen to personally interact with you. That alone is, is mind-boggling, okay? His creation to participate in his work. The king of kings of all creation approaches you to get in on what God's already doing. He's trusting that he can put you at work in his plan. That's, that's incredible if you really think about it. Do you realize that there are people that God knew beforehand? 
that you were going to have the opportunity to lead them to Christ. And they would be different than the ones that I would have the opportunity to lead to Christ. Why? Because your turf and my turf were different. And he entrusted you with this, with people still there. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you. You see, his desire is to get you from where you are, watch this, to where he's working. You realize that? See, when he puts you somewhere, we sometimes think, oh, this is a promotion or a demotion or this is punishment. I can't believe God moved me here. This is like modern-day Iraq. I mean, I mean we, we, we have this messed-up view that all of this stuff is about us. It is not about us. When we get our eyes off of us, we see him. And when you see him, you see us and me different. You see everything different. He's trying to get you where you're at to where he's working. And what he's trying to do in between is all about your character, not your happiness. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works to will and to act according to his good purpose. Who is it? God. To will and to act according to what? My purpose? Mm -mm. Nope. His good purpose. His good purpose. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this. That he that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He that began a good work in you will carry it on. How many of you are still confident? I asked a guy that one time. I said, so you still confident? No, I'm not confident. I don't have a fat clue what God's doing right now, and I'm not real thrilled about it right now anyway. I said, dude, do you understand? You're looking at this from you. I know you think you're really awesome and everything, but you're not that good. He looked at me like, say it one more time. I'm like, I mean this in love. You're not what you think you are, and it's, and we're, you know, we're not just a whole bunch of blessed people because you're here. You, you got to understand that God is about working in your life. And some of your tests are because you will not pass the early ones. He's going to continue to grind on you and, 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 and try to sharpen you because he has a big plan for your life. And until you get where you need to be, he can't accomplish all that he wants to accomplish through you. The journey to it is, is huge. Be confident where you are today. You, you may have given up, but let me tell you something. He's confidently working. Be confident he's working in your life. He's, he's got a plan. God leads you from being self-centered to being God-centered. See, God 
God knows this about us. You may not know it about yourself, but, but can I tell you something? We are more selfish than we think we are. We really are. We're more selfish than we think we are. What God's trying to do is he's got to get you from being so self-centered to being God-centered. When I graduated from high school, I had a plan, and I was calling old God in to bless it. God, going to Baylor, God's like, no, you're not. I'm like, dude, you don't listen real well. But, but I had a plan. It fell through. It crashed and burned. It's still smoking, okay? It's dead. And God made a way. He made a way and led me to East Texas Baptist University. He set me up for that university. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is exactly where God wanted me to be. Exactly. And I'm so grateful he did. I remember the first time our coach called the baseball team together. I went on a baseball scholarship. He called all the the baseball team together. There were seven freshmen on scholarship and three transfer guys that came in from JQ, uh, uh, a junior college uh, ball. He, he was talking to the whole team, and he said, I want to address my seven uh, freshmen right now. And I was like, yeah, he's about to tell us how great we are. And he said, if any of y'all brought your high school letter jacket to college, you need to box that thing up and send it back to mama because I don't care about your patches, and you don't play under that color anymore. It's a different color, and I'm your coach, and you can send that letter jacket back to mama because I don't care about your letter jacket. I was like, dude, do you know how many patches I got? I look good in my letter jacket. I was already excited about when, when January came in Marshall and it finally cooled off, and you could uh, wear your letter jacket. I just knew all the girls were going to be impressed with all my letter jacket patches. I was so self, I was so all about me. Right then, God was already starting to hit me right where it hurt the worst. You can leave that at home, send it back to mama. We're self, more selfish than we think we are. God put us where we need to be. When God reveals to you where he's working, that becomes his invitation to join him in his activity. When God reveals his work to you, that's the time to respond to him. See, my freshman year, I, I kind of did ball. It's kind of really all about Jeff. My sophomore year, really towards the end of my freshman year, we got out of school, and I went to my coach during the summer and said, Coach, is there any way that I don't have to room with baseball guys? And he looked at me, Ponder, what's wrong with baseball guys? I said, Coach, they have extracurricular activities that don't match mine. And since I have to carry a certain GPA to, to keep my scholarship, you know what I mean, Coach? You might want to grant that. He goes, all right, Ponder, I'll grant you permission to room with whomever, but you got to tell me who it's going to be. So I wrote down my roommate, and I handed it to him. He said, this dude's a ministerial student. I said, I know. He goes, what are y'all going to talk about? I don't know. So I start rooming with my roommate, Billy Foote, my sophomore year. Billy, unbeknownst to me, because I never attended when I was a freshman, he leads worship at a college Bible study on campus called Time Out on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock. Well, it looks bad if you lead worship and your roommate doesn't come, so he invites me to come at Time Out. Can I tell you, I walked in the first time, and there's three or 400 college students worshiping the Lord, and I'm telling you, I was blown away. I've told you before, once I, I walked, I ran out. 
okay? I ran out. But then I came back in. That was the beginning of God beginning to work in my life. All his plan set me up. And then I had an opportunity to speak to the Marshall football team. The coach came to me and said, hey, I want you to come share with the football team about your testimony of how you came to Christ and what, how God got you to East Texas Baptist University. I said, shoot, football players. I can talk to football players. And then from there, it just continued. Remember, I was a kid in second grade that stuttered and had speech impediment, went to second grade twice, all through elementary up to fifth grade, I was still stuttering. Some of you may say, you still stutter, you still can't talk, but I do my best, okay? So, so all of this, in my weakness, he starts using me. It's funny how you can't really talk until you start talking about Jesus and then you don't stutter. First time I read the Bible in front of a group of people, I was scared to death because I thought I would read it like I did in school. I never stuttered the Bible. I'd study a lot. I would stutter a whole bunch reading history books, science books. Never studied, never stuttered when it came to the Bible. God was setting me up. I spoke at a Fellowship Christian Athletes Banquet, and then a lot of my upper-class guys who had church positions all around, they started asking me to lead uh, upperclassmen guys groups during a D-Now weekend. So I'd have junior, senior boys in my house, and I would teach them. And all of that was a setup by God. It's all being set up. And then my junior year is when God called me to ministry. And I want to say this to you. When I talk about the invitation from God, about answering God's invitation, I don't want you to think it's about missions and ministry. It's everyday invitation, folks. It's an everyday invitation. See, a while ago, I was down there worshiping, and God just said, you need to tell Joel Vaughn he's really grown as a worship pastor. That's an invitation for me to be obedient to a word that God gave to me. Now, what if I don't do that at the, when I come up here? Well, what if Joel, unbeknownst to me, really needed a word of encouragement? And since it's all about me, I didn't care about Joel. And because if it was all about me, then I wouldn't care that God gave me a word to give to somebody else because I only want words from me. The honest truth is God gave me a word for Joel and I had to be obedient to the invitation that was given to me to give that word to Joel. That's what I'm talking about. It's not so much selling everything and moving to Africa and sleep on the dirt and getting bit by mosquitoes bigger than birds. I'm just telling you sometimes... It's just a simple thing of God saying, here's an invitation that I have for you to join me here. Will you do that? Yes. Some of us are stuck between the fact that we know God's at work around us and we know God's asking us to do stuff and we haven't stepped yet. You've got to step. In Moses' story, God's purpose was to rescue the Israelites from slavery in Egypt and to establish them to a nation of their own. Moses was the one through whom God intended to accomplish his plan. God invited Moses to become involved in his work. It would have never crossed Moses' mind to do something like this if God had not invited him. Can y'all get your head around that? See, this was not, Moses gets a lot of attention, but this was not about Moses. This is about redeeming the children of Israel and making them a nation. He just happened to use Moses to bring them in. What are you doing that God has for you 
The invitation is for you to do it, but you're not, you haven't answered it yet. You haven't answered it yet. Back in 2002, the Ponders were as happy as they could be in Longview, Texas. Seriously. We were at a great church. I was a student pastor, had 200 and, I don't know, 25, 50 kids. There was a bunch of them in my student ministry. And all I really had to do, this Bible right here came from them when I left. And I'll tell you what it says in the front. It says, to Jeff, thank you for feeding us. <laughs> That's a good word from youth group. That's all I did, fed them the word. I just fed them the word. We were doing great. We bought a house, planned to be there for a long, long time, man. And all of a sudden, within a couple of years of being there, right in the middle of the fall, my phone starts ringing. Some pastor out in Amarillo says, you need to come be my youth guy. I'm like, hey, I don't go nowhere with Amarillo. I mean, it's weekly, weekly, <laughs> weekly. Call every week. Finally, this was starting September. Finally, Thanksgiving weekend, he bought me a ticket to fly me out of here, going to feed me at the big Texan, meet his staff. I'm like, this guy is not going to go away. So I told my wife after Thanksgiving, I said, I got to go out there and tell him no. Lord help, he ain't going to stop. So you fly in from Amarillo, the Amarillo from the east, and mm, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Worse if it hadn't rained. Modern day Iraq, I'm just like, what the heck? Oh, my gosh. And so I land with all intentions. We go to eat, meet the staff. I can't say no. I can't say no. I don't know, what, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Mm. Long story short, Christmas break, all fours flew out, said yes. We move out here in February. We leave Longview, Texas. Got a Suburban, got a truck. I'm in my truck. Melissa's in the Suburban. Brett and Allie, not a seatbelt. One of my two children laying in the back of a Suburban sleeping all the way from Longview, Texas. And I, if there's a highway patrol, I'll pay the ticket now proudly. All right? but, but that's how you did it, man. And so we're driving. So we stop in Memphis, Texas to get gas. We got in, I mean, we got in the truck in suburban Longview, balmy. We got out in Memphis, Texas, freezing. Wind's blowing. I was like, oh, Lord, this is the rest of my life. And so <laughs> freezing. And we're gassing up. You both vehicles beside each other. I'm gassing both of them at the same time. My wife comes over to me, so prophetic. She says, hey, um, do, do, I was thinking on the way up. Uh, me and the Lord just kind of talking, and I was worshiping. I just felt God say that we were coming here for more than what we're coming here for. Okay, it's like 1.35 in the morning. I've been listening to ESPN talk radio because the draft is coming up, and I'm trying to figure out when, what the Cowboys are going to get in the draft. We are not anywhere near the same plane. Her and Jesus, they're having a moment of communion coming in a suburban. Me? Mm-mm. I'm not even close to Jesus. I'm talking about the draft, the Cowboys. I mean, totally. I'm saying, baby, I don't know. Real spiritual leader on him. Boy, way to lead your family, Jeff. I don't know. My two children sleep in the back of suburban. I don't know. I just moved y'all across the country. I don't have a fat clue. I'm not even listening to God. I mean, that's, I mean, I felt, I got back in the truck. I was like, I cannot listen to the draft. God, I'm sorry. My wife, she is like hanging with you. It's a kind of glory. I'm like, I'm here. I'm like, 
seriously. And so I just want you to know something. God getting us out of Longview, getting us to San Jacinto Baptist Church as a youth pastor, later became Quail Creek, six years. Yes, that's what got us out here. Oh, my gosh. His plan was so much bigger than that. But see, he had to get us out of there. That, that, that invitation, that step of obedience, that step of faith had to happen so that he could put the other one in motion. He had to put him in motion. So for six years, we built a little house in Prairie West. We have a picture of the lot that we took a picture of. We stood three different ways, and we hadn't seen a human, a tree, or a person anywhere. <laughs> there was nothing out there in O2, man. And so, so we lived out there. So I was coming down Bushman Road every day to go to work at, at, at San Jacinto or Crow Creek. This was a two-lane road with a bar ditch. Y'all remember that? And Mike Minky, is Mike here today? And Mike, oh, Mike, he out there cranking on his irrigation wells. I'm just waving at him. I've got no clue who I'm waving at. No clue. His grandparents started this church. His grandmother taught in this church. Mike's a, Mike, Mike was born in this church. Later, Mike would be a, the deacon in the church. Later, now he is one of my elders at this church. God's setting this up. I'd drive by this church. I'd go, man, that church ought to be rocking and rolling and bushing with all these young families, with all these kids. Man, God, man, you should be doing stuff through this church. God, if you, if you, if you see fit, one day, because I think you're kind of moving me to the pastor. If you give me an opportunity, I'd love to pastor that church. That's how I started. Six years just driving down the road. Down the road. You see, God got us where he wanted us. Then he began to move out here and work. He had to set some stuff up. He had to get it right. And then, right in the middle, he said, I want you to leave that place and come out here and take the pastorate. Now, Jeff, you're not going not gonna to be much when you get here. Now, I know you're going to take your salary that you have now, son, and it's going to be half. And then you're going to have no insurance. Oh, great. And no retirement. Great. And there's about 18 people, not counting your family. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm 42. No financial advisor anywhere in the country would say, son, that's a, that's a great plan right there. I'd take him up on that. I'd go do that. You'd be rich one day. Go do that. I'm like, that's crazy. But we did it, and God did it. Because God has a plan, and if you will hear his voice, see where he's working, step out on his invitation, he will blow you away. Now, not all of you will do a pastorate or a missionary, but some of you are trying to figure out why that neighbor's there, why I work next to this person, why this person's in my department, why my son or daughter got this teacher this year, because this other family, their child's in your classroom too. And it's not so much about our children in the classroom, but about the fact that I'm about to bump into this mom at car pickup. And it's divine. You see, God's working all around you. If we will open our eyes to see his invitation, and then when you see that invitation, when you see him working, and then he invites you to be a part of that, say yes. Because one day your step of yes and obedience will be a jump, and then it'll be a leap.
And the more you step in faith and obedience, the more your faith and obedience will grow, but more your God grows. And you say, you know what? I can trust my God. My God's faithful. My God's faithful. My God's faithful. My God's faithful. And then you step. There's no such thing as postponing the decision with God. Either we obey or we disobey. Either it's faith or unbelief. Either obedience or disobedience. God's revelation of his will is our invitation to respond immediately. Immediately. There's a story in Matthew's gospel, chapter 8, and I'll just kind of quickly go run through it. Verses 21 and 22, there's an encounter Jesus is having with someone, and he says these words. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. In verse 22, but Jesus told him, follow me. And let the dead bury their own dead. Now, when you read that, you're like, that Jesus, he's a jerk. That's, that's wrong. I mean, he won't even let that guy bury his own dead. What kind of dead? I wouldn't follow him. What he's trying to tell you is this. What he's trying to teach here is when Jesus says, come follow me, come do what I want you to do, he lays that invitation out, and you know it. You see where he's working. The invite's there. you got to go. You got to go. But what we do is what this guy did. We put it back in human terms. There's nothing wrong with a man to bury his own father. But what he's saying is the affairs of this world are keeping you from doing kingdom work. You want to make sure all your kids get out of school. And then this happens in your career. And then your wife's not working anymore. And then you have this kind of nest income with money in the bank. That way, if God's plan fails, you'll have some money. Oh, Oh, you're going to put human terms and then go do what God says. God says, listen, what I ask you to do sometimes don't make any sense. You just got to go. You just got to go. I told you, nobody in their right minds at 42 years old does what I do. Hey, Jeff, listen to this. If I'm a sophomore in college and God begins to work in my life, and then the junior, he calls me in the ministry, and then he says to me, hey, 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 I'll tell you something. When you're 42 years old, you're going to be in the ministry for a while. And when you're 42, you're going to have a wife and two beautiful children. And there's this little country church out in the middle of nowhere. It's out west of Amarillo. And I know you don't think anything's west of Amarillo, but New Mexico. But I'm going to call you to go out there. And, and, and see, you're going to be making this salary, and it's going to be this. And they're going, to, they're going to want to pay you half of that. And you're going to say yes. And then they're going to say, we have no insurance. Oh, okay. And you have no retirement. Oh, okay. And there's only 18 people. Oh, great. Let's do it. If you tell me that when I'm a junior in college, you know what I'm doing? I'm not going to go in the ministry. And I'm not going. So God doesn't tell you that kind of stuff up front. You know why? Because you're running like a naked kid at a picnic. You're not going to do it. So he says, here's what I want you to do. You have this little thing right here. God's working right here. And I, want you, I invite you to join me in this work. Oh, okay. That's nothing to that. Okay, God's working right here. And I invite you to come join. Oh, okay, I'll do that. And before long, your little steps become a jump. And your jump becomes a leap. Because if he told you the big plan up front, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't do it. See, some of you are making it too hard. Little bitty things. Hey, Mark needs somebody to work in children's ministry. I love children. God's been telling me to do it for years. I just got to do it. I just got to do it. There never will be the right timing from your perspective.
to do what God says. You just got to do it. Trust God with the details. God's more eager to reveal his will than we're willing to receive it. That's true. God's more eager to reveal his will than we are to receive it. God's always at work. He gets us to a relationship with him. So through his Holy Spirit, he can invite us to join him in his work. Where are you at? What's he inviting you to do? What's he got you set up to do? What's he got you positioned to do? What's he got this time? Like no other time, you're right here for this. Are you going to see him and take the invitation, take the invite? Because if you do, he'll blow your socks off. Every one of us in this room has something God's inviting you to do. The key is find out what it is and jump in. Jump in. Don't wait for it to be the right time. Go now. Go now. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. If you're on the uh, ministry team this morning, if you'll come down, take your spot. Church, I'm going to invite you to stand. You've been sitting a while. What is God? What is God's invitation to you today? What is God's invitation? Some of you, some of you, even before the message, uh, this series, in the, in the past several months, have heard an invitation from God to go do something that you probably would have never saw yourself doing it a year ago, and you're doing it. There's a couple in our church right here. They're here today. They're, they're a host. They're one of our life groups two years from ago. They didn't even know if they would even be at home or a family. Now they're a life group, and people come to their house to study the Word. Beautiful. What's the invitation God has for you? And are you seeing it, and do you need to say yes? I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to move us if you need moved. Father, we love you. God, thank you in your radical plan of creation. You've put a plan in place where you use us to expand the kingdom, to do your work, God. You invite us to be a part of that. And God, I pray that the invitation that's out there for us, that we would see it and we would say yes and jump in and do it. God, by your Holy Spirit, during this ministry time, God, may you draw us to you and may we say yes to your invite today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 